presence is real. You know, a concept or a theory that you just, you're real. You're a real person. Thank you for what you did last week in this room with so many lives, that you just touched so many lives. Yeah, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. We want to hear you, God. We want to hear from you. I really believe um, we are in a season of something. I don't even know what to call it, but the last few weeks have been really special and God's doing something. And, oh, not on. Thanks, mate. Um, thanks, worship team, Ange and Simon. Wow, so good. Thank you. What a team, what a team we have, just blessed. Um, I really believe we are in a season of, you know, it's, it's, it's doing things for Jesus is obviously a great, we need to do stuff for God and we, you know, we get to be his hands and feet on the earth and we get to do all that stuff and it's awesome. Everywhere we go, we get to leak Jesus to the world, you know, but sometimes it's just better to sit at his feet and just listen and not produce pizzas or sandwiches that he didn't want. <laughs> you know, the Mary and Martha thing. And, um, and so I think we're in that season of just sitting at the feet of Jesus and following the cloud, following his voice. And I, I had a word that for this morning, but I felt, I felt like God's changed that up a little bit. And um, actually, before I go anywhere, uh, if you, we're going to be supporting and, and partnering with Stable One, Jenny Willits, Dan Willits' mum. Uh, who's heard of Stable One? I think most people that live in the, in the valley have. It's um, shelter for homeless people and, um, you know, and so if you want to support one, it's $240 a year um, and then they match that um, to support one person to stay in a lodge um, and have a mentor, provide food, accommodation, long-term, not just during winter, but long-term. Uh, and so um, they're gonna have an open day, I think it's the end of March. Is, what, does that sound about right? I'm not exactly sure on the dates, but the dates will be coming up. So there's flyers at the back, um, $240. I don't know what the maths works out to be on that. Per, Dan knows, you know? Per week, sorry, I said per year. Yeah, awesome. So there's all the infos on there. Um, there'll be more information coming about that, and Jenny will be with us at, with us at some point as well. So, um, which is cool. And if you want to help out and contribute and volunteer, and a bunch of you have done that already, but um, they need all the help they can get. Amen. All right, so anyway, back, back to what I was saying. I had a word, but I felt like God this morning, he, he wants to do something, and, and Joyce kind of said it. She said, you know, equipping the saints. And during the week after Sunday, Sunday was, who, who was here Sunday? Sunday was like, it was wild. 
it was just a really fun morning. And after Sunday, on Monday, Shen and I, Shen woke up and she said, oh, I've, I've been feeling really like just blurt and down. And, and I was like, yeah, I'm feeling that too. Like, and, and that's not like me. I was, I'm, I'm generally just peaking 24-7. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I was like, what is that? And we, we, <laughs> we uh, I said, I think, I think you're picking, we're picking up on, on something in the spiritual atmosphere and we need to be aware of it. And we, and we need to, because 2 Corinthians says that we, you know, we're to take every thought captive to the obedience of Liam. No, it's to the obedience of Christ, right? So we take thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. And can you guys hear me up the back okay? It's all good now? Okay, cool. And, and so I, I was going to preach on something else this morning, but I, I, f- I really feel there's a sense of, of, and it came out of Graham's word as well as I was pondering that. Graham last week just kind of gave a bit of a, I don't even know what it was, a cry for coming back to our first love and really coming back to how much God loves us and really sitting at the feet of Jesus and hearing God say, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you. And, and you know, it doesn't matter what, we know this, this will be a little bit of repeat for some of us, but it doesn't matter what, we do for God, we, he can't love us any more than he already does. And I really believe the, the Lord is looking, 2 Peter 2 talks about heralds of righteousness, that Noah was a herald of righteousness. I was listening to this Denzel Washington, who lo- I love Denzel, he's my man. Me and Denzel, whenever there's five people that I can have dinner with who's alive, I want to have dinner with Denzel. And The Hurricane, who's seen the movie The Hurricane? That's like, no? Anyone? The Bob, you know the Bob Dylan song? It was a story of a hurricane. You know that one? Anyway. Anyway. He does this interview a few years ago on, and someone's approached him about racism. And he said, they said, oh, you must be so excited because there's this law being passed and there's this thing. And he just looks at the reporter and he says, you can't legislate love. He said, it doesn't matter what laws in, in parliament or who's in presidency, you can't legislate love. He says, it has to be something that comes from the inside that you then approach that person and they have a response and you approach that person. Amen? And so God is looking for heralds of righteousness to stand up and be aware of who they are so the world can see Christ in them, the hope of glory, and be attracted to it and want what we've got. And, and so, you know, the, the environment that is within us will always, if we're aware of it, is always stronger than the environment around us. Jesus slept in a storm. So the environment around us should never determine and dictate the environment that happens within us. It should always be the environment that is within us that determines and dictates what happens around on the outside. 
You know, in the Old Testament, if you touch leprosy, you got leprosy. In the New Testament, Jesus touches leprosy and leprosy gets healed. It's the other way around. And, and so I, I, I want to, I guess, give us, a, and I think I've got some practical tools for us this morning. So turn with me to John 16. We're going to go to a few passages of Scripture. I heard this quote. I think it was Leonard Ravenhill. He said, the goal isn't to make bad people good. The goal was to make dead people come alive. I'll say it again. The goal isn't to make bad people good. The goal is to make dead people come alive. <laughs> and I mean, we are. There's The last three weeks, God has been doing something in our midst and there is, this, even Lise turns to me, she goes, how long are we going to worship for this morning? Is it an hour? Is it, is it, is it an hour and a half? And it's, I don't know. We don't know what God's just doing something in our midst. And we're just trying to follow the cloud right now of like, okay, what is he doing? Um, there's a, a real stirring for prayer. Maddie and I have been talking about there's something happening. We're having a prayer meeting this Thursday. Um, and we just, we did some outreach a couple of weeks ago as well. And um, I got to witness to this kid, young kid who was 15, and I had a word of knowledge for him. I got it wrong, and then he got healed. That's awesome. <laughs> and, um, and so I said, hey, man, do you have something wrong in your knee? And he's like, no, I've got something wrong in my ankle, though. And we prayed for him and these teenage kids, and, and they were just beautiful. And one of the kids was called Amos, and I'm like, man, Amos. I'm like, that's got to be the Lord. You've got to be a grown-up Christian. And he's like, yeah, and... You could see the softness in these kids. And I said, hey, if we did something on a Thursday night. Would you guys come? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, there'd probably be free food. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. You know, and so uh, we don't know what it's going to look like, but there's just something stirring. And we don't, hey, I'm not interested in, in, I'm not interested in growing Glory City. I'm interested in the kingdom of God being extended, you know. And, um, and there was three churches that were represented it, when we went out. It was just awesome. It was just really fun. All right, John 16, are you there? Verse, let's go to verse, uh, halfway through verse 4. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, verse 5. But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me where are you going. But because I have said these things things to you sorrow has filled your heart nevertheless I tell you the truth it is to your advantage that I go away for if I do not go away the helper will come to you but if I go I will send him to you and when he comes he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment now Jesus then answers it like he gives the statement and then he says, now I'm going to tell you what I'm convicting the world of. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. All right, turn with 1 John 2, same writer. I love this because Jesus is like, it's actually a good idea that I leave. 1 John 2. 
Now, what did he, what did he, what did he say? That he said concerning sin because they do not believe. Concerning righteousness because I go to be with the Father. Right? And concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. Thanks to Calvin, a lot of our, or, or no thanks, there might have been some sarcasm in that. Our Bible has a lot, I'm, I'm not, Calvin did some amazing things, I'm not having a go at him. Um, but our English Bible is riddled with legalistic language, uh, quite a lot of it, because Calvin was a lawyer. And so uh, a, lot of our, a lot of our Bible has language sometimes that we just have to dig a little bit deeper to actually find out what's the, we have this word, but what, is the, what, was, what was the root word of it? So if you're 1 John, oh, I'm in 1 Peter, it's the wrong, 1 John 2. Actually, we'll start in 1 John 1 verse 8. Actually, let's just start in verse 5. It's just really good. This is the message we have heard from him and have proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from some sin. Now it says all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So a lot of people say, oh, Liam, see, we're not, we're not saints, we're sinners. See, it says that. It says if we, confess, if we say we have no sin in us, all right, well, let's just read on. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Wow. There isn't a person on planet Earth who can say they've not sinned. But here Jesus says, but if you're faithful to confess your sin and acknowledge me as your Lord and Saviour, I am faithful to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And John is addressing Gnosticism at the very beginning. He says, what we have seen, what we have touched, what we have witnessed with our own eyes, Gnosticism is that they believe that anything that came in the flesh was evil. So anything like that you could see was, was demonic and was evil and was wrong. And John's saying, no, we saw Jesus. We've seen him. We touched him. We witnessed who he was. And now I'm address he's addressing that. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. He's saying, Jesus, if we say we have not sinned ever, we are a liar and his word is not in us. Then the next chapter, remember, there's no chapter in the, in the original context. He says, my little children, I'm writing these things, things to you so that you may not sin. That's interesting. But if anyone does sin, so not when you sin, if you sin. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Now, that word there is a legal term. This is where I'm getting at. Advocate. We have an advocate. 
And people have often portrayed it as Jesus is standing in the way of God's judgment. Thank God for Jesus that he's standing in the way of us because God would have otherwise smited us. John 16, what did he say? He's going to send us the helper. It's convicting the world of sin because they do not believe, because of righteousness, because I go to be with the Father, and because of judgment, because the, who's been judged? The ruler of this world. That word advocate, you can look it up. It's the word parakletos. Does anyone know what that word is? Anyone have any Greek theologians in the room? It means helper, Holy Spirit. It's the same word in John 16 where he says, I will send you my helper. It is the exact same word. It's the same word, parakletos, parakletos, right? All right, think, think with me. Are you with me? Jesus says, it's better that I go, so I'm going to send you the helper, the parakletos. And in 1 John 2, he says, if you sin, you have a helper with, with the Father because of Jesus Christ the righteous. I'd like to propose this picture to you, that you have Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God standing that if you sin, you have him convicting you of righteousness, not convicting you of sin. I'd like to propose that he says, I'm going to send you a helper to convict you of righteousness because I go to be with the Father. So he, you have the Holy Spirit standing next to the Father, so to speak, or Jesus, or no, Holy Spirit standing next to the Father saying, that's not who you are. This is who you are. 1 John 4, 17, two chapters later, he says, as he is, Jesus, so are you in this world. So he says, he's saying, that he's like, if you sin, oh, that's not who you are. This is who you are. Oh, little child, would you see? Would you see that you're a herald of righteousness? Because I haven't met too many people who have lived free who are sin conscious. I just haven't. I haven't met too many people who have a strong enough will to be so can't sin. I've got to not sin. I've got to not sin. I've got to not do that thing. Eventually, they crack and give into it. But I've met a lot of people who they're like, oh, oh my goodness, that's how you see me. Oh, the Holy Spirit starts to convict. Wow, that's, I, play, I paid blood for you and I love you. And this is who you are. I deposited my spirit inside of you and I cleansed you of all unrighteousness and I set you free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Either that's a reality and that's true or Jesus is a liar. Or there's something that we have to repent of and change in our thinking and we have to learn to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. <sighs> <laughs> he, 
he's an advocate. He's a helper. He's like, Jesus is like, it's better that I go because I'm going to give you me in many different people. It's the greatest multiplication trick the world has ever seen. <laughs> I, I say it often, but the devil was like, ha ha, I killed your savior. And Jesus is like, ha ha, I'm about to multiply me times billion times billion forever. And he convicts us of our righteousness. He doesn't, he's, I'm not, John 15, yeah, he disciplines those that he loves. That's, yes, he disciplines. But when we have an understanding of the goodness of God and the nature that we've been created in, when we, if we sin, sorry, we don't, we don't run from God, we run to him. We're like, oh, I'm convicted of this. I'm so sorry, God. I know that's not who I am. I know you've made me, you've cleansed me of all unrighteousness. Help me to see who I've become in you and that as you are, so am I in this world. And there's something that I'm not fully seeing right now. And I, I need, that needs to be poked and prodded and that needs to be cut out of my life. So help me to see it. You know, I prayed that for four years. That prayer was help me to see because I kept Toing and froing, like Andrew said, I had one foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom, and I kept, I kept living this double life, and I was just tired of it. And then that encounter happened, which a lot of you have heard of. Five hours on the deck, woke up, changed, completely changed, set free, pornography, slayed that devil. <laughs> and it's not that life wasn't challenging from that moment on, and there weren't things that I had to grow in, but the difference was I wasn't living my life trying not to sin. I was living my life trying to have an amazing relationship with a father who loves me. That's the difference. We can't become more born again. You just can't do it. You can't become a more human being. It's impossible. But what you can do is learn who you've become in Christ. And I'm, I, there's like a line in the sand because if we're going to see what we're seeing, what we're seeing, I think there's something happening. People aren't crying out for a good... Paul was the greatest theologian of his time and he needed to be knocked off his donkey. There are two theologians in the world. There is Saul who killed Christians by bashing over the law, bashing the law over people's heads. And then there's Paul who said, do not... Even if an angel or me or someone else comes and preaches a different gospel, don't believe them. <laughs> That's full on. He says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? What you've received through grace, you're now trying to get through works. And he goes on, he says, we well, may as well just go ahead and do the whole thing and cut it off. <laughs> I mean, full on, eh? I was, saying, I was saying to Andrew, I mean, if Paul and Jesus said half the stuff that they said in most churches, they wouldn't be welcome back. <laughs> you may as well go emasculate yourselves. Like, it's full on. <laughs> but he's pounding this thing home. It's not, you cannot get anything by works. It is purely by grace and grace alone. So that word, take every thought captive 
to the obedience of Christ. Because this is hopefully some practical things. I've tied it right in now. <laughs> like I said on Monday, there was an atmosphere of just yuck. It was like we were feeling blur and it was just oh, it was just horrible. And I just don't like I just I can't be bothered talking about the devil too much. He's just not worth it. But I do want to be aware of the enemy's schemes. And so I said, I think we just need to pray. I think we need to take these thoughts captive right now. This is a fiery dart of the enemy that's trying to get past our shield of faith. Uh, just a side note, do you know the sword of the word of God? The sword, yeah? yeah. It's sharper than any what? Two-edged sword. It was a 10-inch dagger that the Romans would use for close contact, close battle. And it was also used to pick out fiery darts. If an arrow got past the shield of faith, you would use the sword. Not the ways that seem right to a man. Not the wisdom of the age. Not, not the opinion of the latest person. You use the word of God. It is absolute truth. In print. Brilliant. He's a smart guy, that God. So apprehend. That word, 2 Corinthians 10, it is. He says to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Ephesians 3, last verse. Let's go there. Ephesians 3, 14. How are we doing? You guys good? You with us? The Bible says that righteousness exalts a nation. doesn't matter what laws are passed. It doesn't matter what... Obviously, we, we care about those things as well. And, but righteousness of, of God exalts a nation. If we think... If we continue to think... I mean, let's just, let's just be real for a second. He didn't write to the sinners at Ephesus, did he? He wrote to the saints. He wrote, wrote to the saints at Corinth. He wrote to the saints. That, that word saint means sanctified one. Holy, set apart, righteous. It's what got him killed. Two things will happen in Christianity that I know of that I can read in my Bible from when Jesus came. Either he convicted people of their absolute need for a saviour or he offended them to the, to the high heavens. That's the two responses that happened. They were either highly offended or they were like, get away from me, I'm such an evil sinner and I need you. They were so convicted and cut to their core. And we need that again. 
We need that again. So Ephesians 3.14. Listen to this. For this reason, this is one of the great apostolic prayers that Paul prays. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant to you be strengthened with power through his spirit in your where? In your inner being. Hmm. So that Christ <clears throat> may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength, listen to this, to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I don't have time to unpack all of this, but verse 18, may have strength to comprehend. That word comprehend is the word apprehend. It's the word to, to, to grab, to apprehend it. That you may have strength to apprehend with all the saints <laughs> and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. How do you give up? How do you know the love of God that surpasses knowledge? How do, you, how do you do that? How do you know the love of God that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to the fullness of God? I'd like to propose to know the love of God in that way, we have to give up the right to understand in our human ways and go and marry and apprehend every thought to the obedience of Christ. Why don't you stand? This is what a herald means. A herald or a messenger vested with public authority who conveyed the official messages of kings, magistrates, princes, military commanders, or who gave a public summons or demand and performed various other duties. And in the New Testament, it's God's ambassador and the herald, a herald and proclaimer of the divine word. I just really feel like God is convicting people of your worth, of your value. You are a child of a king. I know I joke about it a lot, but it's serious. People say, Liam, how's your day? I'm like, I can't have a bad day because I've got the king in me. It's not, it's not words anymore. It's a reality. It doesn't mean that I don't have emotions. It doesn't mean I don't have days where I'm like, oh, that was a sucky week. You know, like, it doesn't mean that. But it means that I'm, I'm growing and learning. I'm, I'm God's kid. This can be going on around me right now. And it's, it's, it's hard and it's challenging. And it's all of those things. But I'm his child and he's for me. He's not against me. And I have a small devil and a massive God. 
And he said, he said, who the son sets free is free indeed. And I believe he's calling us. He's, he's, he's invoking us, if I can use that language. He's invoking us to, to, to go, all right, I'm going to draw a line in the sand and I'm, I'm going to step into this herald of righteousness. I'm going to be a carrier of the divine word of God. And I really believe that we, in this hour right now, we have to learn to take our thoughts captive to the obedience, of, to apprehend the arrows, to apprehend the, the, the fiery darts of the enemy with truth, with the word of God, and let it cut us to the core, to where all we see is Christ in us. Paul put it this way, it's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. <laughs> And I want to just take five minutes if we can and just see what happens. I'm just sitting. I just really feel people need to sit at the feet of Jesus. Stop, stop doing what you're doing right now. I just had this picture of like, imagine Andrew comes in. I'm just going to use Andrew as the bad guy because I know he can handle it. <laughs> Andrew comes in and he says, hey, Liam, I, I, I've made you a coffee. Oh, thanks, Andrew. And then he comes over again next week. Oh, Liam, I made you another coffee. Look at what I'm doing for you, Liam. Aren't I an amazing friend? Then he comes over the week after. I made you another coffee, Liam, and then just leaves. I think by the third week or fourth week, I'd say, hey, could you just, I actually don't want you to make me a coffee anymore. I want you to just sit and let's have a conversation. Let's just chat, man. Yeah, and while we chat, we can have coffee. <laughs> Lovers of God will always get more done than workers will. You don't, need to, you don't need to look too hard to know that Amy and Sam are in love. <laughs> you just know it. And when people are in love with Jesus, you just know it because they've had a revelation of, their love, of his love for them. So this is what I want you to do. If maybe we can have Weeksy on the keys or something. I just want us to take a few minutes just to sit at the feet of Jesus. Oh, he's here, he's here. If you need to grab your kids, bring them in. Bring him into the room. He's here right now. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> I repent. <laughs> the father of lies is known as the accuser of the brethren. And I just feel like there's people, all you've heard your whole life is, hey, that's not good enough. You need to do better. Oh, if only I'd done this. If only. What if? And the father just, want, father just wants to come and say, I love you. Gosh, I love you. I want to convict you of your righteousness, child. You are a herald. You, I bought you with my blood. Look at my son, Jesus. That's how I see you.
Oh yeah, but God, no more buts of God. <laughs> he did it. Holy Spirit, right now, would you, would you be our helper? Would you help us, God? Would you help us? Would you be that paracletos right now and convict our hearts and our minds to be so transformed? Would you wash us with your blood? Would you wash our minds with your blood? Come right now, Holy Ghost. Let there be a, an army of heralds. Let people see who they are, God. Let them see their value, Father. The earth is groaning for sons and daughters to be revealed, not groaning for a business. They're groaning for family, for sons, for people to be adopted in. I tell you, come on the 28th, hear what Luke and Sarah's heart for adoption. They've done it. They've adopted kids. This isn't. Holy Ghost, come right now.